And if you are afraid to feel, if you are disconnected from your pain, from your fear, if you don't want to know about your anger, or your shadow, you're not present with yourself. You can't be present with yourself. You're disowned, right? You have disassociations. And so if you're not present with yourself, you can't be present with other people. And so I think the work is predominantly about that. It's, it's inviting in and back all of the suppressed emotions and making space for them, making room for them, allowing them to exist, allowing them to be there, training yourself to be present with them, training yourself to be with. That's my languaging. Just learn to be with all of your feelings. You don't have to do anything with them. You don't have to transform it. You don't have to fix anything. Just learn to be with all of who you are mm. because being with means presence. And that's all that's necessary. You don't have to show up in any particular kind of way, right? That's, that's a, a false idea, right? It's like, just show up where you are as you are in that moment. So if you're afraid, just be afraid. You have to own it right? Like it's a powerful thing. It takes strength and courage to stand there in front of anybody in front of another man or your woman or the whole world. And just without any shame, without any self judgment, just to say, I'm afraid. Mm. I have fear. I'm afraid of this. Who's not a fucking afraid. Welcome to masculine mastery a show dedicated to helping men open their hearts, rise into their greatness, and liberate their most alive, awakened, and authentic selves. My name is Christopher August, and I invite you to join me each week alongside some of today's most respected thought leaders, where we'll be diving deep into a wide range of topics to support the evolution of masculinity and the consciousness of this planet. Once again, back in the lab, cooking up another powerful episode. Oh, it feels so good to be doing this and to be joining each and every one of you who are listening to this podcast. And really, it's such an honor to be able to sit down and have these conversations and produce this content for others to learn and to grow from. And really, it's my sincerest intention that you take each one of these episodes and conversations and use it as medicine for your own journey of healing and expansion. And today's conversation is with David Sutcliffe. He is a former actor, now somatic psychotherapist living in Austin, Texas, and he's really on a mission just to help you feel again. And he has these incredible workshops that he does called Deep Feeling Workshops and basically takes you to the depth of your pain, your darkness, so that you can find your true light. And this man is incredibly sincere, genuine, and very much embodied in his work. And you can tell that he's done a lot of this work himself to then be able to hold space for others. And um, really, it was just an honor to speak with him and have this conversation. And we went pretty deep and um, we got very vulnerable and also just offered a lot of beautiful wisdom for those that are listening to this and how you can really use your shadows and your pain to reach the depth of love and light that is within you. So I'm really excited for you to, to listen to this. 
And uh, before we get into that, I just want to mention the deadline is fast approaching for our seven-day Hawaii men's retreat called Elemental. It's going to be happening January 29th to February 5th, 2023. So in the next couple months, and the deadline to apply is December 21st. So um, we have about just about a month and a half now, maybe a little less than that, for you to apply and get into the retreat. We already have several applications that have come through, and we are only accepting uh, 12 men on this retreat. So it's a very intimate uh, container because we want to be able to support each person that comes in. And I'm going to be co-facilitating this, co-hosting this with my brother, Sean Graves, who you've heard on the podcast before, if you've been a listener. And we're just super excited to be able to host something like this. Now, the the powerful thing about this is that when brothers, when men come together in community and in this way, so much happens, so much healing, so much transformation. And really, um, I, I can only imagine what this container is gonna, gonna hold and what's going to come from this. And so the retreat is going to be an off grid retreat and wellness center called Kokowasi. It is very, very beautiful, has over 20 different species of fruit trees, um, it's right by the, the ocean. Uh, it's in this beautiful secluded land. We're going to be doing volcano hikes, waterfall hikes, swimming with dolphins. Uh, and we're going to be doing sound healing, breath work, movement. We're going to be offering workshops, plant medicine. I mean, it's just, we're just going all out on this one and I am fucking stoked for it. So if you guys are interested, those men, Perhaps even if you're a woman listening to this and you know a man in your life that could really benefit from community, from gathering around other men and really doing this work, then we invite all of you in. We're very excited. And you can head on over to masculinemastery.co slash elemental to apply for your spot. And uh, we will get back to you within 24 to 48 hours. And yeah, we just hope to see you on the other side. And lastly, if you like this podcast, you enjoy the episodes, you enjoy all of the conversations that I'm having. I would love if you could subscribe to the show, follow the show, rate the show, write us a review, Spotify, Apple, um, whatever platform you're listening on, that would really help out a lot. And without further ado, let's jump right into this episode with David Sutcliffe. See you guys on the other side. Peace. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Masculine Mastery. And today I am joined by David Sutcliffe. And I am really, really excited about this conversation and for this conversation with David as I was just talking to him offline, just just relaying how much I really, really feel into the power of his work and what he's doing in the world and and helping people to feel again and to feel into their aliveness, into the connection with themselves. And really this type of psychosomatic work is probably the most important work in the world and a way for us to tap back into the deeper layers of self. And I'm just really stoked to to dive into all of the rabbit holes and wherever this conversation desires to take itself. But before I get into that, just welcoming you onto the show, brother. I really appreciate you being here. Yeah, happy to be here. Happy to uh, have a conversation about feelings and about men and all of that. Awesome. And uh, yeah, I guess before we get into that, I just want to 
tap into your story a little bit. You have a very interesting story as a working as an actor in Hollywood, being on these different shows and, and, and also obviously producing your own content as well. But really what was your, what has your journey been like from where you were then and doing that for 20 plus years to where you are now and your journey as a man living in the modern world? Well, it's, you know, it's been an interesting journey. It's, it's not something that I anticipated or even really felt like I had much control over. I feel like I've just been following my life, following my instincts, moving in the direction of what I was interested in. And, uh, you know, I was an actor for a long time. I had a lot of passion for that uh, early on and got to Hollywood, had some success and enjoyed it and was grateful for it. But eventually I got uh, a little... On a board maybe with it somehow. And then like a lot of actors, I was in, in therapy because a big part of acting is, uh, you know, connecting to and understanding your emotions. And I found this therapy called Cornergetics that just lit me up. And I found a teacher in particular that really inspired me. And I went to one of her workshops up at the Esalen Institute in Big Sur, California. And and really got my mind blown. I had a, a deeply powerful healing experience. And at the end of the workshop, I had this very uh, powerful uh, impulse, which said, uh, I want to know what she knows, everything that she knows, and I want to be able to do what she does. And that that began the journey of the my second career, which I'm now a, a somatic psychotherapist, and I ended up going to her training program. And, uh, and now I'm a, I'm a practicing psychotherapist out of, out of Austin, Texas now. And I lead groups and workshops with, uh, some are with men, some are with men and women. And it's been, uh, it's been a strange journey in some ways because, you know, I, I got to Hollywood and I made it as an actor and, and then I left and a lot of people were like, what are you, what are you doing? It's so hard to make it as an actor. It's, it's a dream that so many people have and, and you achieved it, and now you're leaving. And and certainly, my agents and managers, I think, thought I'd gone a little crazy. And I wondered myself if I'd gone a little nuts uh, because the therapy I do is a little offbeat. It's a little strange. It's very intuitive once you get the sense of it, but uh, from the outside looking in, it can seem a little weird at first, or at least it did then, back when I was starting back in 2000. Started in 2006. Now, now you're seeing with you know, organizations like Sacred Sons and the videos that per, you're, they're putting out, you see a lot of screaming and crying and hitting and yelling. It's And then the, and the, the clips that you see from the breath work. So that's become a little bit normalized. But uh, back when I started out, I think a lot of people thought it was kind of strange and weird looking and culty. And so there's lots of questions and, and doubt around the decisions that I was making. And a lot of that that came from within me, but, uh, but now uh, I feel like I'm in a really good place and it's mm -hmm. all making sense. And like I said, I'm just following my life and, and trying to trust it as best as I can. Mm. Isn't that the journey we're all on? It's like, you know, just, just constantly moving from here to here into the heart space and following that intuition, that guidance. And that's not always an easy thing to do when we've been programmed and conditioned into thinking, or being a certain way in the world. And, and like you shared with your, your journey as an actor and, you know, I can imagine from the outside looking in, as you said, you know, that kind of looks a little crazy because you've had this sort of success that a lot of people aspire to achieve. 
And I think also as a man, you know, as men were, were told and, and expected to reach these sort of pinnacles and strive to constantly get better in these certain ways. And I think when you strip it away as you did and come back to what really was lighting you up in that moment. And of course now in the work that you do, you know, that's a really, really powerful move and something that, again, I think could create a lot of fear and tension, but uh, the more that you follow that, the more that, you know, things begin to open up. And so I'm curious to know a little bit about the practice of core energetics and, and what that process looks like and really how you've begun to implement that and use that within your own practice. And, and of course, then we'll begin to explore maybe a little bit about what you've seen through these practices with working with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Core energetics, it's a somatic psychotherapy and it was developed by a guy named John Paracas in the 1970s. Uh, he was, uh, working with Alexander Lowen, who was the creator of bioenergetics. A lot of people have heard of bioenergetics. And the basic concept, uh, which has become pretty commonplace now, is that we, you know, we hold our trauma, our pain, our fear, our anger, all of our repressed emotions, we hold it in our bodies. And so the best way to get to it is by working with the body. And the mind, uh, you can't solve a problem of, of the mind with the mind, and, and the mind wants to control. So uh, while talk therapy can be great, and I, I've done a lot of talk therapy, um, and it helps you understand what I call the math of your issues, meaning, you know, we had things that happened to us in our childhood and, uh, and we want to understand how that's, uh, manifesting in our lives as adults and the, the, maybe the frustrations that it's creating or the patterns that it's left us with, or some of the belief systems that are causing us some suffering. Uh, and I did all that and it was, it was the, the understanding and awareness is important. But ultimately, um, it's in the feeling of our repressed feeling that the healing comes. Um, and that's not an easy thing to do because we've learned, of course, that uh, uh, we learned at some point that feeling those feelings was not safe. And so there's a lot of resistance to feeling. And I was an actor. And so I, I knew the places that I struggled to feel like it would come up in scenes where there was places I had a hard time going. And I was like, hmm, I wonder what that is. There's some block here, some place I can't get. And really this work was the first place that uh, gave me, it had it, the space and the, and the techniques really it uses physical techniques. So we use a big foam, firm foam block and we have like Bataka and tennis racket. And there's, we, you know, hit with it and there's a lot of, uh, you know, vocalizing and screaming and punching and, and obviously when you're moving your body and letting out sound, that's when the feelings come. You're, you're, you're trying to help people, uh, lose control a little bit. And it's because we, we, like I said, we control ourselves, uh, to stay safe. So it's really in order to allow yourself to feel these feelings, these repressed feelings, you have to be willing to lose control. And that cornergetics offers those techniques, right? It's, it's set up that way. The workshops are, are, are set up and, and individual work too. I mean, I, I focus predominantly on the workshops, but you can do a lot of powerful work individually, but you're really just trying to get people to, to feel and express what is held back, what is suppressed and, and liberate those feelings. And, you know, my feeling also is that, um, held back feeling is it's, uh, it's held back energy, right? It's life force energy and that energy has an intelligence. And so when that energy is suppressed in our body, we are, we don't have access to that intelligence, to that wisdom. 
And there's a, that's a big part of the work for me. It's like accessing the intuition, accessing the intelligence of our system, of our bodies, so that we're, we're not totally reliant on our rational, logical brain, which is, which is great. It should be of service to us. But, um, I'm interested, most interested in accessing that, that kind of greater wisdom, the higher self wisdom. And if we have repressed emotions and feelings, it, uh, it creates blockages, um, in connecting with that aspect of who we are. So that, that's, you know, a basic summary of the work. If you, you know, I, I say to people, it's like, they ask what it is. It's like, it's a place you can come and feel your feelings and everybody knows that feeling their feelings is good for them. And that holding back their feelings is, is not good. And, Everybody's looking for a place to do that. And, and, uh, that's what we do. Mm. Yeah. And I, and I'm a true believer in that as a lot of my background and my practices really stem from similar somatic practices. I'm, I'm a breathwork facilitator and do many other things and do a lot of shadow work. And, you know, I've seen so many different things come of this work from not only my own personal journey with it. Um, and being coached and guided through it, but also helping others do the same. And so I'm curious based on your journey, you know, I can imagine like as an actor, you know, you have to really tap into this, this role, this, this character, this person that is going through these things. So I can imagine that's really beautiful practice um, to, to get into. And then obviously pairing it with what you just described in core energetics and all of that. But what were some of the main things that you found yourself struggling with the most um, during those times, what were some of the things that really were alive and present in you that, that really, you know, those places that maybe you couldn't get to and the places in which you did suppress and feelings and emotions you did repress within you? Well, it's a great question. Um, I think I had a lot of shame about my anger. I I didn't want to be vulnerable. I didn't want to uh, let people know about my needs um, I, I didn't want to understand and take ownership of my, my pain. And I wasn't connected to the places where I was uh, afraid. It's quite simply, I mean, all of it, really, I was disconnected from all of it. And it was mostly manifesting in my relationships. Like I, I, I had the will and, and some enough talent to get success, but in my personal relationships, I was struggling and I always felt a sense of, I don't know, isolation. And I didn't really come to terms with it until after I was successful, because of course, you know, you get everything you want and you think that's going to solve all your problems. And then you're still left with them. Nothing's really changed internally. You're still struggling with the same feelings of inadequacy and sadness and isolation and loneliness and frustration. And so that's really when I woke up to not everything. I mean, I'd, I'd figured a few things out by that point, but, um, that there was something deep inside me, some pattern that I was running, something I didn't know about myself, something I didn't understand. And that in order for me to feel fulfilled and happy, truly, I was going to have to get to the bottom of it. And I understood this idea that there was something in my unconscious that was guiding me, um, that I wasn't aware of, uh, that was, you know, causing me to act out in certain ways and make decisions. And, and, I, I didn't like that idea that there was something I didn't know about that was controlling me. So I wasn't really free. And then I just set about on a mission to get to the root of it. 
and and Cornergetics became the vehicle for that. It became I, I became uh, you know just fascinated by that particular modality. And there's of course a lot of incredible modalities out there. But I had uh, you know I'd grown up uh, with a single mother. Uh, my father wasn't around, and uh, I became the man of the house. This is a very common story, I think, for a lot of men of my mm-hmm. generation. You know, coming from broken homes and. I ended up uh, really attending to my mother's needs unconsciously, and I became to I came to identify with that. So I subverted my own needs for her, and that became my pattern in relationships. And of course, that left me with a lot of resentment and anger and, and frustration because I wasn't getting what I needed. I wasn't asking for what I needed, and I felt like my whole identity was wrapped up in taking care of uh, the woman. And uh, so I couldn't really connect, and I and I wasn't willing to admit uh, my own needs. It felt too vulnerable. It felt shameful to me. So that, that, and so, and so that pattern would, would go on and on and on. It would ultimately leave, leave, uh, me with, you know, like I said, resentment and anger and frustration. And I would feel betrayed by these women somehow. I mean, there was this unspoken contract, I guess, that I would take care of them. I would be good to them. I would satisfy their needs. And without asking for what I needed, I would expect that they would return. Mm. And if they didn't return the favor, I felt betrayed and I would be angry. And then I would push them away and could rationalize any of my bad behavior or breaking up with them or, or whatever. And ultimately I was left alone. And I, I, you know, I was an attractive guy I had, uh, I was an actor, so there was no shortage of, uh, women around. I didn't have a problem getting dates, but I certainly had a problem <laughs> maintaining a relationship based on that pattern. And so I really had to get to the root of that and get to the root of my, my anger, uh, the rage I felt towards my mother, the longing to have my needs met, the, the pain of not having my father around and, uh, and just all the sadness that, that I felt. And it was, it's, it's not easy. It's not easy to, to go to these places, to make contact with them. Um, I needed a lot of support. Uh, I couldn't do it alone. You know, I, I'm a big advocate of group work, mm-hmm. something very powerful about being held by a, a container group of people being witnessed by a group of people, realizing you're not alone, realizing that you're not the only one carrying around these, these feelings that, that to me was the most liberating thing about groups and, uh, and just the, the acceptance really of our humanity, uh, that we all have trauma to some degree that we're all carrying around pain that we all had to adapt in different ways to our childhood to, uh, to survive really. And, um, that there's no perfect person and that we, we never really, I guess we can resolve, but we carry these wounds for life. Like the scars are there and, uh, and, and we have to accept them and to know that there are great gifts that come from them as well. And to kind of accept the entirety of that, the entirety of our humanity, the good, the bad, the ugly, and accept ourselves there. And also then accept other people there realizing that, you know, my partner, she's, she's not perfect. She's never going to be perfect. She's always going to have her stuff. And, and, and my challenge is, can I love her there? And if I can love her there, then I, I probably can love myself in the same place. Mm. 
beautifully expressed and yeah, that, that story really resonated with me as well, you know, and, and I think I can take a lot of my own personal journey, you know, and, and really mirror that, or that was mirrored through your own sharing. And I think this is a common occurrence with a lot of men, like you mentioned in the beginning of that share is that so many men grow up without a father and maybe some do, but don't have what it means to actually have a role model that models integrity, that it models healthy, balanced masculinity, you know, and I think that's, that's really where a lot of the core wound stems from. And of course, if we're growing up as the man of the house, as men expected to be a certain way or do these things, you know, that's a lot of pressure for a young boy to take on. And of course, then the balance energetically masculine and feminine within that household is going to be imbalanced in some way. So it's like, there's so many things that come from that. So I really appreciate you sharing that. That's really, um, I'm sure a lot of men who are listening to this can definitely relate to that in, in many ways. And and so I'm, I'm also curious to know, like based on your work and, you know, working within groups, and I very much, very much feel you on that, like being in groups and facilitating groups myself, like the, the power that comes from that of being witnessed and seen and heard in your most vulnerable moments that's where the deepest healing comes from. And so based on your work and what you're doing in the world and what you've seen, where do you find that most men are struggling and, and what are some ways in which you help them to overcome that? That's a great question. Um, I think a lot of men these days are struggling with purpose. Mm. I think, what, and, you know, I'll speak for myself, but I'll also speak for my experience. I think a lot of men, when, like when I grew up, this whole, you know, feminism was kind of standard, right? Like, it, like we all were here, women's equality, you know, was, and I, I never struggled with that. I just always saw women as equal. It was never really an issue for me, but I think a lot of men and myself included, maybe stepped back, like uh, diminished themselves in some way to make space for the woman. And maybe that was something that was necessary to do. Uh, this is just my theory. Um, and in diminishing themselves, they, they, yeah, they, well, they kept themselves small. And I don't think that's helps anybody or anything. You know, ultimately I think men struggle with being all of who they are. They struggle with being on point and on purpose and they're, I think they're not sure of uh, who they're supposed to be in the world, right? What their role is, uh, how they're supposed to show up in relationship, how they're supposed to show up in the world um, because of this evolving gender dynamics and gender roles uh, conversation, which I think is a really important conversation. But I think a lot of men feel lost because of it. And maybe it's a good thing. Maybe men needed to get lost uh, maybe there was something that was too rigid in in the masculine structure. I mean, that's certainly the the criticism of it. Um, and I think there's some there's definitely some truth to that. And what you're seeing now is men getting more in touch with their feelings of of all the things that I was just talking about, uh, really contacting uh, the places where they have they have pain, they have fear, where they feel isolated, where they feel alone, where they feel the burden of what it is to be a man. 
and where they feel a lot of confusion and they're not sure how to show up in the relationships. They're not, how to, not sure how to bring their full selves. And I think a lot of it is too, is um, they're not integrated with their shadow. There's a lot of shame about um, their uh, kind of primal negativity or uh, the part of them that wants to dominate, the part of them that's competitive, the part of them that wants to destroy, uh, the part of them wants to kill. Um, these are all uh, aspects of our being that uh, helped us survive. I mean, the reason that we are here is because our ancestors were the baddest motherfuckers and <laughs> won all the wars <laughs> and committed genocide. You know, I mean, it's not, it's a gnarly history, right? The human race and the strong survived, uh, the wise survived, certainly. So we are descendants of uh, men who were uh, wild powerful, vengeful animals, right? Like the alphas. And so that's in us. And now maybe it's not useful anymore. Maybe so society has come out of survival mode. Like, and so there's some kind of transition, but that energy is still in us and it has to be understood and integrated. And I think part of the task of, of men's work is, is uh, harnessing these aspects of ourselves and channeling it toward uh, creation and towards protection, uh, which can be heartfelt and, uh, strong. So, uh, I think that that is a hard thing to get your head around. It's a hard thing to accept. I think, uh, our, our, the primal darkness that lives in us, but you know, I always say to people, just, just look around the world, look at history that this is, you know, the world is filled with beauty and light and poetry and music and love, but it's also filled with, you know, horrors everywhere you look. And all of that is uh, who we are as human beings. And I think it's really important for men to know that about themselves, to embrace that aspect of themselves, to get to know that aspect of themselves and uh, not be ashamed of it, not to disassociate from it, not to make it bad or wrong. Just know what it is and, uh, and use that energy, the energy of it uh, to build and create. Mm. Yeah. And I can definitely attest to that for sure. And I think one of the things that a lot of men hold shame around, which you touched on a little bit is the idea of carrying anger and rage within them. And I think, uh, for me to get in touch with that, it's been quite, quite the fucking journey. Like just, uh, okay, recognize it, realize it, identify it, and then express it in a way that mm. actually can be you know, helpful to my own being and my own growth and evolution. But, you know, that's been a really difficult journey. And I think a lot of men just hold so tightly to that. There's just so much tension around that because they're afraid of expressing in a way that could be damaging to somebody else or anything else in society. And so not really understanding how to channel that energy properly. And so, I think from what I'm gathering, the containers that you're providing is like that safe space for people to express that or whatever else it is that they want mm -hmm. to or need to express and, you know, what that looks like, you know, because it's quite, I guess, jarring for people that maybe have never been a part of an experience like that, because I know exactly what you're talking about. But like for somebody that's never experienced that, like, what is the what is the result of that once somebody expresses in a way that gets all of that tension and density out of them and, and out into a space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What do you see from that? What has been your experience? 
Well, what I uh, notice and what happens over and over again is that when people express themselves authentically, it brings life to the room. People will stand up. They're inspired. Even if what they're expressing is dark or rageful, it it brings life. Like true energy integrated brings life. So that's the first thing that I try to convince people of. And, you know, it's not easy to get people to stand up in front of a room full of people and bring out their shadow, right? Bring out their judgment, their hatred, their rage, the part of them that wants to punish, annihilate, kill, right? Like to convince people to do that is not an easy thing. And and what I say to people is, well, that's in all of us. And repressing it, holding on to it makes it more likely that it's going to come out in indirect ways. So if you can do this in this room, like bring it out, see what happens. Uh, and you're going to understand it more. You're going to take ownership of it. You're going to have awareness of it. And so it's much less likely that it's going to come out in destructive ways in your life. And most people get that, that, that feels right to them. It, it feels, you know, intuitively correct. So they'll go with that. Nevertheless, to be witnessed in that is, is terrifying. Who wants mm-hmm. to let other people see the darkest parts of ourselves? Uh, often those parts of us are, are, are petty as well, right? Uh, we're not proud of them. It's, it's, self, it's our selfishness. It's our righteousness. We tend to want to hide that and only show the good parts of ourselves. But what again, what happens is, is when people go there, uh, their experience or they, what they imagine their experience is going to be is that uh, they are alienated or isolated. People will condemn them. People will turn their back on them. They'll be excluded. But the opposite happens, at least, you know, in my workshops where it's done with consciousness and, and intention, is that people want to move closer to that. Mm-hmm. And so that that creates a mind fuck for the person who's working because they had one image of what they thought was going to happen. And then they have a completely different experience and that experience can really change their life. Right. Where they're like, Oh, when this part of moon expressed cleanly directly with intention actually brings me connection because it's authentic. And when we are authentic to ourselves, we are connecting to ourselves. Then we are able to connect with other people in a more authentic way. And as I said at the beginning, it brings life. Like literally you are holding back energy. You're holding back emotion. You're holding back your life force. And even the shadow parts of us are, they're an aspect of our life force. You know, there's no separation between the light and the dark. It's all one thing. So you got to let it all come out. And that, and that if we are willing to go all the way into our darkness into our hatred, into this desire to punish, into our killer. If we go all the way into it, it's going to take us to the center of our core. And at our core is wholeness and goodness and love, God. And that's that's it. And once you have that experience, once you feel that in an embodied way, you can't forget it. And now you know something about the true nature of reality. You know something about the nature of your 
of, of your, your darkness of your shadow. And so whenever your hatred or anger or frustration comes up, you now know what this is about, right? Like you have a, a you, you're not identified with it the same way. Cause of course that's a scary thing. We don't want to confront our shadow because we don't want to identify with it. Mm. We don't want to think that, Oh, I am this thing. Well, you're not this thing. It's just an aspect of you. Um, but your love is also an aspect of you. It's all an aspect of you. And it's really like, you know, we, we, Jordan Peterson with that great line. It's like you, you want to know the beast inside you. Like you want to be a beast. You just want to have control over that beast. Amen, man. Yeah. And, and I really feel that your pain, our pain makes us more relatable in so many ways. And it's like you said in what you were talking about in the sense that when we are expressing in these ways, we become more connected to the group consciousness because the aspect that you're expressing, I'm expressing, whoever's expressing in that group is able to give life to whatever that is. And therefore other people that of course, as we're, as mirrors are able to then take that in and integrate that within themselves. Always shit. You know, like I have these feelings too. You know, so it creates this relatability that then transcends into a higher state of consciousness, a higher state of awareness throughout the person expressing and of also the group that is experiencing and witnessing that. So it's so, it's so beautiful and magical in so many ways. Yeah. Well said, well said, perfect summary. And so based on your, um, you know, groups and, and all of the work that you're doing, I know you're traveling around doing these different workshops and what, what do you feel or what is the, the intention for you through doing this work? And like, what is the, you know, I know the sort of the higher mission involved with doing this and, and I'm sure assuming if we were just to simplify it, just reconnecting people to who they truly are, to their authentic selves, and all of that, but where do you see this going as far as like specifically for men? Um, what do you, what do you think the pinnacle of this is, is more men step into this work as more men express as more men really come deeper into themselves. Where do you feel the world will shift or how will it shift as a result of this work? Well, I, I, again, I think that, uh, unconscious trauma pain, fear. We haven't really talked about fear, but I think men carry a lot of fear. What do you feel that main, what do you think the main fear is that men are experiencing? I'm not I'm sure it's probably hard to dial that in, but if you could sum it up, what do you feel? Well, I, from, I can only speak for me, but I, I, I see this a lot that if you didn't have a father around or your father was absent in, in some way, even if he was there, but he wasn't emotionally present. If you don't feel safe as a child, if you don't feel like your dad's there to protect you and, and, or he's just present with you, you're not going to feel safe. There's going to be a low grade fear. You can't fully relax because dad, you don't have a feeling that dad's got it. Where's dad? I can't feel dad. Right. And this is, I mean, if you're, if you're, you know, doing men's work and, and this is really the pinnacle of it or the, the, the under what's underneath everything is your ability to be present. Can you be present? And that's really the goal. 
ultimately, particularly for men. I mean, for women too, but you know, we're talking about men. It's like, how do you be all the way present? Because your presence, you're being all the way here and somebody can feel you here. That creates safety. That's what your woman is after. That's what your kids are after. And when you're not present, your woman or your kids are going to let you know. Your dog will let you know if you're not fucking present, right? The dog will act up. They, they want, the man wants to be felt. And so in order to, to be present for others, for your wife, for your spouse, for your children, you have to be present for yourself. And if you are afraid to feel, if you are disconnected from your pain, from your fear, if you don't want to know about your anger, or your shadow, you're not present with yourself. You can't be present with yourself. You're disowned, right? You have disassociations. And so if you're not present with yourself, you can't be present with other people. And so I think the work is predominantly about that. It's, it's inviting in and back all of the suppressed emotions and making space for them, making room for them allowing them to exist, allowing them to be there, training yourself to be present with them, training yourself to be with. That's my languaging. Just learn to be with all of your feelings. You don't have to do anything with them. You don't have to transform it. You don't have to fix anything. Just learn to be with all of who you are Hmm. because being with means presence. And that's all that's necessary. You don't have to show up in any particular kind of way, right? That's that's a, a false idea, right? It's like, just show up where you are as you are in that moment. So if you're afraid, just be afraid. Like, you know, I, I know that there's a whole conversation around, you know, bringing your emotions to your woman and your problems to your, to your woman. And I, I agree with the basic premise of that. Like, I don't, I don't think we should turn our, 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 our women into our mothers, right? We shouldn't go to them to be nurtured and babied. I mean, a little nurturing is, is fine. But it's also, it's like, it's perfectly fine to say to your woman, like, I'm afraid, you know, or I'm feeling pain or I'm in grief, you know, or I'm angry. I want to, you know, but it's, you have to take ownership of it. That's the key. You have to own it, right? Like it's a powerful thing. It takes strength and courage to stand there in front of anybody, in front of another man or your woman or the whole world. And just without any shame, without any self-judgment, just to say, I'm afraid. Hmm. I have fear. I'm afraid of this. Who's not a fucking afraid? You know what I mean? Who's not? The world is scary. Like shit is scary. You know, I remember I did an interview with Andrew Tate, you know, and everybody's talking about Andrew Tate, you know, Mr. Macho guy right now. And I asked him about fear and, you know, I said, it must've been scary for you to, uh, to go into these, these fights. Cause he was a, you know, kickboxer. And he was like, it's always scary. Like you're going into a ring with another man. You're, you feel fear. And, to get in touch with that fear, to take ownership of that fear, you know, it's a fear of a job interview, going to an audition, feeling afraid, you feel nervous, like it's okay. Like connecting with that fear and learning to take ownership of it. And, and again, learning to be with it, not to run away from it. I, I'm not a believer in like overcoming your fear. You're never going to overcome your fear. There's always something around the corner that's going to make you feel afraid. Can you tolerate your fear? Can you be with your fear? Can you take ownership of your fear? Can you move forward despite your fear? It's when your fear freezes you. Right. And when does it freeze you when you disassociate from it? So to me, you know, fear is the whole, is the whole game, you know, and I learned that mostly from the work that I did with the native Americans through sweat lodge and vision quest and Sundance. I mean, they don't really have the kind of language that we have with the, the psychotherapy and the psycho spiritual 
But what they're doing is they're putting you into situations that are uh, going to induce suffering and take you to the edge of your fear. And you have to learn to deal with it. And it's not pleasant. It's not fun. But once you do learn to just stay in there, like, you, you, you know, you're in a sweat lodge, it's fucking hot, you're packed. And there's nowhere to go. Like you can't get out and you, and you, you know, fear can come up and you got to deal with it. You got to find a way in that moment. You can't get out. You can't leave. Right. And here's the truth. Like you can't leave. You can, you can leave this life. I guess you can kill yourself. You know, I don't believe that solves a problem. I just can believe you can, you're going to come back and have to do it all again. So it's like, can I stay here present with everything that I'm feeling? That's really what I'm trying to help people to do. Can you be here present with everything inside you, not leave, not disassociate, not turn to drugs or porn or video games, stay right here. Mm. Damn. Yeah. That, that resonated so deeply for me and hopefully for everybody listening to that. And I really love what you said about the case of like, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things within the whole personal growth and development realm, which I don't really resonate with, but you know, one of those things, yeah. Overcoming fear and all of that, but it's like now fear plays a, such an important role in our lives. And I know it has for me, the more that I've leaned into it and leaned into those edges, because before there's been many times where I'm like, fuck that I'm running the other way and I'm, I'm going to remove myself to the best of my ability. But of course, again, as we know, it always just going to creep in in another way and it's going to show itself and rear its head in a way that's, you know, perhaps you're least expecting it. So the more that you sit with it, the more that you create presence around that, the more that you, again, you create a relationship with it. It's, it's having a relationship, an intimate relationship with it, where you can look at it, you can feel it, be present with it. And even through that, it begins to dissolve in certain ways. And, and, and I, I really, really appreciate everything you mentioned there. There was so much that, that resonated so deeply with my own personal experience as well. And, um, yeah, so I think the last point that I want to touch on is in, I think where we were headed is around the importance of this work. So men doing this work and the result of this in the world. So right now, obviously right now, there's a lot of distortions in the world that we see around masculinity. There's a lot of distortions that are, that are taking place. Um, and I do feel a paradigm shift happening in this sort of new frontier of masculinity taking place. So from what you can perceive and, and from your lens at this moment, where do you see it all going? What, it, what is the result of this, of this work? Well, I think it's, it's about people coming all the way into their power and their gifts it's about self-responsibility. It's about self-ownership. It's about sovereignty. It's about, yeah, taking responsibility mm. for everything. I mean, if you're in blame and judgment, you're a slave. I mean, it's that simple. You know, if other people are responsible for your problems, then you are a slave to those people. Mm. And so are you willing to take full self-responsibility for everything that's going on, right? And orient yourself to that. I think that's the ultimate game to play. I think it's a hard game to play because it does require that we confront everything, our pain, our fear. Um, 
I don't want to feel that stuff. So it's much easier for me to blame my woman than it is to take responsibility for the ways that I don't show up for her, that I'm not present for her. You know, I don't want to feel my pettiness. I don't want to feel and take responsibility for my selfishness. So I think, I think that there has been a, 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 a necessary movement toward, um, acceptance of everything because things can be, uh, overly rigid. Like the masculine can be extremely rigid. And I think what happens is the pendulum swings back and forth between a place where, between the masculine and the feminine, where the, ma- the masculine can become over rigid, right? And over systematized. And it can uh, sort of block itself out from the flow, mm. right? From creativity, from intuition. And so what I hope is happening with men is that they're integrating uh, more of their feminine side, um, more of a relationship to their feelings, to their intuition, to the flow state, but while not abandoning the traditional masculine values, because I think those are powerful values. And I think that uh, women are, are lo- and the world personally are longing for them. I mean, you could argue that all the problems in the world are a result of men not being fully present with their power in their heart. Mm. Uh, you know, they let things <laughs> slide. They became selfish and greedy and um, lost their values, lost their connection to spirit, to God or to their higher self. Like we've, we've become wayward and what I see is that um, discipline is required and that's actually what feels good. I mean, men feel good when they're on a mission. Men feel good when they're acting from a place of discipline. Men feel good when they're providing and taking care of. Now that doesn't mean that every man has to be stuck in, in some, you know, old gender role. Uh, things are fluid and dynamic, you know, in relationships and, and that's fine. And there should be space for all kinds of expressions of masculinity and, and of men. But if we're talking about, you know, masculinity specifically, I think it is, it's very much like purpose oriented. And I think we're living in a moment right now where the world seems to have gone insane and we're on the verge of some kind of uh, catastrophe, which I think is just part of a process of, you know, the old institutions breaking down so that new ones can emerge. I think it's just the evolutionary process. So I think that's great for men because it gives them something to do, you know, gives them something to focus on. So I think right now is actually uh, a great time to be a man because, uh, there's, uh, you're needed more than ever. And, uh, so to step up, uh, to take responsibility to, to you, everybody knows what they got to do. You know what you got to do, you know, and just, just to do it and, and, and find some brotherhood, find some accountability, find some support and, uh, and work hard. And that's where all the satisfaction is. It all lies in that in connecting with other men on a shared mission, find that in your life, find that community and you are going to be happy and satisfied. That's, 
that's what it is for me. And that that's available right now. And so if you don't have it in your life, seek it out. It's the most important thing. It's, it's, you know, I came to Austin, you know, I was somebody who was involved with the, you know, the Lakota way, the red road. The first thing I did is, man, I found my sweat lodge. I found my crew and you know, that was it. Now I have a group of people and I'm, you know, I was new to Austin, but at least have a place to go with a group of people to, uh, to be in community, to pray every day or to pray every week. And, uh, you got to find that you have to have that in your life. If you're isolated, if you're alone, find a way to reach out, find a group, something, get connected. That's the key. Mm. Yes. Beautiful words. Appreciate the simplicity and practicality and the groundedness of this conversation as well, because I feel like it's uh, very approachable if you're willing to lean into it. And mm-hmm. I think all of us need that medicine right now of feeling, of connection, of really just coming back to our ways in which we've always lived. It's we've been just so disassociated and disconnected from that. So just coming back together in, in this in this new way and and creating these beautiful relationships and connections. So thank you so much for everything that you shared. And before I let you go, I just wanted to touch base about, you know, your your workshops, you know, where people can find you. I know there's, you know, a lot of beautiful people there in Austin. I know you travel and do some things as well. So if you just want to talk a little bit about where people can find you, some of the upcoming work that you have going on. And, um, I highly recommend anybody uh, who's listening to this, check out David's work. Yeah. You can find, uh, information about me at my website, davidsutcliffe.com. It's all there. Uh, I have, uh, workshops here in Austin, Texas, in my studio in Austin, Texas, uh, regularly, I would say every, every eight weeks or so. So if you're looking for a, a powerful emotional experience, uh, you can, you can come to Austin, Texas to check it out, but I also travel around a bit. I'm doing a workshop, men's workshop actually in Toronto, um, October 21st to 23rd. And I'll be part of the, uh, sacred sons convergence in, uh, North Carolina, uh, the week before that, I was the 13th to the 16th, I think. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's, I'm, I'm busy doing workshops, men's work, mixed workshops, all kinds of stuff. And, uh, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, uh, David Suck of 33. I, I post a lot of sort of content around, you know, teaching concepts and, but definitely my workshops are where it all goes down. So if you're looking for a, a place to really unleash, cause I hear this all the time. People say, you know, you gotta, you gotta find some space to really let out, re- let it all out. And, but where is that space? (laughs) Well, that's what my workshops are. That's what we do. It's, it's a place where you can let it all out. So if that's, is that something you need? Um, yeah, hit me up and uh, we can help you out. Amazing. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today and for all of, uh, all of your wise words and, uh, really appreciate all the work that you're doing. Thank you, brother. Appreciate you. guys enjoyed this episode just as a quick reminder if you're on the fence if you are feeling it and you are just ready 
to up-level every aspect of your life, it is time to join us. Elemental 7-Day Hawaii Men's Retreat. We hope to see you there. You can go head on over to masculinemastery.co slash elemental. Apply now, and we will see you there. Much love.